Business Matters in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. My guest this week is Paul Kelly, a director with Irish company Hardcore Technologies, which is providing the 3D construction printing technology for a housing development in Lancashire in England. The social housing project comprises 46 units and a community centre for homeless army veterans and low-income families. It's being backed by Accrington Council with the assistance of the homeless charity Building for Humanity. Paul graduated from the University of Dundee School of Architecture in 2004 and qualified as a chartered architect in 2005. Since then, he has held senior positions in a number of architectural practices leading design teams on the delivery of numerous high-profile projects. Paul, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Thank you, Karen. Paul, before we talk about the latest development your company is involved in, can you tell me a bit about Hardcore Technologies, when it was set up, and what its mission is? Well, Karen, we were set up uh, two years ago. We were looking into modern methods of construction as solutions for a lot of the housing shortages and the need in society for student housing, family housing, social housing. We were introduced to 3D construction printing by one of our directors, Terry Rowan, who introduced traditional 3D printing to Ireland over 30 years ago now. At first, we were unsure, but the more we explored the technology, the more it rose to the surface in comparison to others available. It appeared to be a strong solution. We looked into it further. We contacted a Danish company called Cobod, who had started to manufacture this technology and ultimately signed a partnership deal with Cobod to have exclusive rights to use their technology in the UK and Ireland. Can you talk to me about who else is involved in your company, Paul? Who they are, uh, what they do, and what their backgrounds are? We have a, a wide team. We're primarily made up of architects, engineers, and material scientists. We started with myself, uh, Richard Mullen from Bally Buffet, and Justin Kinsella from Meath. The three of us met each other at university in Dundee back in 1997. And we've been on and off working together since and set up Harcourt Architects and now we have developed Harcourt Technologies Limited as a construction sister company to Harcourt Architects. There are huge savings to be gained uh, in the type of construction, Paul, that you are uh, involved in. Uh, Labour, site time and comparative waste. Uh, I've watched some of the videos uh, and I've, I've seen the process. Uh, it really is quite something else uh, when you see it in action. Neat, uh, exact and clean. Uh, can you talk to me in detail and tell our listeners uh, a bit about the process? It's very simple, really. It, at the start, it all felt like a bit of hocus pocus it's, it's it's very advanced technology however what it delivers is incredibly straightforward it simply places concrete in a very precise and efficient manner 
where it's a modern technology used to deliver a traditional methodology, if that makes sense. We, we build, as people have been building for a very long time, with double leaf cavity construction. So it's two, two leaves of concrete. As opposed to concrete block, it is mass concrete, and we fill that cavity with insulation. Uh, in relation to the carpentry end, Paul, how does all that fit into the, 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 the building process? It's, it, it's quite adaptable to suit many other methods of construction. What we do is we print the superstructure of buildings, which is the, the structural walls. So to start with, we would get the groundworks done, the foundations laid. We would take our printer to site, which is effectively taking the factory to site. The printer breaks down into 2.5 metre modules. It can be erected quite quickly on site. It takes between half a day and a day to erect the printer. Then we locally source the materials, the sand, cement and aggregates to the site. And we've, there's two routes. We either have a batch plant on site, mixing the concrete to deliver through a hose to a nozzle, which places the concrete. Or what we've recently trialled successfully, and it's a world first for this technology, in partnership with Cobod and Semex at our R&D facility in Accrington, is the use of ready-mix concrete. So if there is any local ready-mix factory to a site, we can have the truck arrive, connect that to the machine and print directly using that ready-mix concrete. And that saves a lot of time on site. It is a very clean solution. It, the truck goes at the end of the day, they wash down their own equipment, we clean down ours in preparation for the next day's print. Uh, you mentioned Accrington and it's, co- it's called Charter Street Project. Um, it has been making quite a few headlines. Uh, I saw it on the BBC there at the end of last year. Um, what was the background to your company securing that contract, Paul? We had been looking at some projects to assist the homeless in the UK and Ireland. We were introduced to Building for Humanity and its founder, Scott Moon. And through those conversations, we realised there's an opportunity here to deliver better social housing to a higher standard that people can be proud of. There's a synergy, I think. So Building for Humanity had developed a very innovative social model where they will house families in need, homeless people. They will train them to be involved in the build of the project and this in itself establishes a a sense of pride in the project and community and ultimately will lead to a more successful community forming for that site and on each of their sites they will also provide a community hub which is a training centre that provides families with support in how to operate their house effectively which is a big it's an important part of the process there's a lot of new technology and there's there's a lot of very highly efficient houses being built today but a lot of people do not know how to use them effectively in terms of energy and it was that um, association of the social innovation with the technological innovation that we felt added value to one another 
uh, I'm sure it gives you a great sense of satisfaction to be uh, involved and pervading uh, a facility like the one in Accrington at the minute, Paul. Absolutely. I think it, it, it fits our goals as a company. It's, it's socially responsible. It's sustainably responsible. And it's, it's already gaining interest, particularly in the UK, from other councils. Or Accrington as a partner, have been, they're very forward-thinking. They're, they're providing the site to the client to develop, and other councils around the UK are now approaching Building for Humanity, seeking to roll out a similar model in their territories. So uh, all eyes uh, in the construction world will be on Accrington over the next number of months. Is there, is there a start date and a completion date in mind, Paul? We were hoping to start this year. We're ready to go. We have building control approval for the structural element and are part of the the project. We're now awaiting the client to get their funding secured and they're getting there and we're hoping that it will start on site in Q1 of this year. And I'm sure there are plans for similar projects in other parts of the world from your company? There are some... There's some other companies already doing social housing through this model across in Mexico. Apple TV recently did a a program on this. It's a similarly named company, um, Habitat for Humanity, are delivering social housing over there. There's social housing projects in Africa being developed at the minute. We're looking at a number of sites around the UK and Ireland and some sites globally. Paul, I came across an article at the end of last year uh, and the currency and the headline was something along the lines of construction costs are the bane of Irish housing and it suggested that excessively high costs ultimately uh, are stopping houses being built. Do you think your company has that perfect solution to uh, the slow rate of builds in Ireland? I think we have a strong solution. I think in combination with a lot of other modern methods and traditional methods, it works in harmony to answer a lot of the questions that are out there at the minute. Um, We're less exposed to the supply chain. We can use locally sourced materials. We're not reliant on, for example, the cost of timber has risen dramatically over recent years. And sand, cement and aggregate are simple concrete construction, it has been the past it is the present and we're, we believe it will be the future if used correctly And closer to home Paul, we have the situation in which families are having to vacate their homes because of defective block repairs Do you see hardcore technologies playing a part in providing uh, homes for people that are caught up in the micro-crisis here? Very much so Karen. I think uh, well first of all it's terrible what is going on in Donegal and I'm affected by it through friends and family. My sister's house is very badly affected. It's currently going through a remedial scheme to replace the outer layer of block. What's your view of the scheme, Paul? Have you a view on it? I'm not convinced by, by the remedial proposals that are being explored at the minute. I think ultimately they're retaining defective blocks on an inner leaf. It feels to me that it is pushing the problem down the line and families in future may have issues if it comes to a time where they have to sell their house or a future buyer tries to get a mortgage on those. Would you have an alternative solution? I think, uh, unfortunately, I think the, the, the only real solution is to provide accommodation for families while their houses 
are effectively dropped and rebuilt. However, in that there is an opportunity to build better. I think these houses should be built to current building regulations. They should be thermally efficient, airtight, energy efficient. They should employ renewable technology. And this will all lead to lower energy bills, which is another ongoing concern at present. In terms of, of, of learning lessons from the maker crisis, um, are we in a situation where we, we, we can ensure that something like this will never happen again? I think it's a wake-up call for the industry. I think, I think regulation needs to be followed. Back in the day when these houses were built, it, there was a panic on to p- supply, fill us an insatiable demand for housing. They were built quickly. I don't believe the correct oversight was followed in checking these blocks before they were built. It's definitely a lesson learned, Karen, and hopefully it won't be repeated in the future. Paul, tell me, what attracted you to the building and constructing sector? I think I've always had an interest in, in buildings uh, and architecture. And growing up in Donegal, there is a surprising amount of quality architecture. I'd, I've always particularly admired the, the churches of Liam McCormick, such as the, the church in Burt. I got into while at St. Eunice College in Letterkenny. I had a, a love for art and technical drawing. I got a part-time job with John Masterson at MH Associates back in the 90s. And it, it went on from there. I, I, I came out of there. I, I studied architecture in Dundee where I met my fellow directors in Harcourt Architects and Harcourt Technologies, Richard and Justin. Then I have I've worked around the UK, and here we are today. Was your time uh, with John Masterson at M and Hitch Associates was that the spark, Paul, for you to sort of kick you on? It was very encouraging. I I I, I loved it there. I I got to see a lot of Donegal going around surveying sites been involved in the design process and there we'll take a break business matters in association with the atu donegal faculty of business if you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills atu are offering level nine executive masters in leadership and innovation for private and public sector managers starting in january take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie you're welcome back. Before the break, Paul was recalling his days with M and H Associates and Larry Kenny when he was a student at St Eunice College. I was exposed to client meetings. I learned an awful lot there, which has stood me well to today. Back then, it was a different industry. We were using drawing boards and pens, and everything was by hand. Then, as as before I went to university, the, the transition into AutoCAD had started. Where that, that was a major uh, development in the whole sector, wasn't it? Absolutely. AutoCAD. Yes, yes. It, it, it allowed for a much more accurate coordination of the design through, through the various um, professions, through mechanical and electrical, structural, and 
ultimately better information being provided to builders to more efficiently deliver buildings on site and that start that started as a 2d process developed into 3d drawings and further into what we have today bim which is building information modeling uh, we use primarily revit which is a 3d modeling package it allows you to very easily generate visuals walkthroughs and explain buildings to clients allow them to see what they're getting before it is built some clients don't know what they want until they see what they don't want so if that makes sense Paul it's 25 years uh, since you're talking about your time with John Masterson yes could you have envisaged uh, the level of change in the subsequent uh, time no <laughs> the world has changed I think technology has benefited most aspects of society now the internet was young back then everything has has moved on I think the construction industry has been slow to adopt a lot of this change and realise the benefits it provides but that brings us to where we are today so from drawing on a board to drawing 3D models to now our system is the first that actually is a direct delivery we call it a continuation of the digital workflow if that makes sense so the drawings, even today in most of the industry, the architectural drawings and the drawing package from the design team is sent out to contractors and builders who interpret that to build on site. We have a plug-in for Revit, so our printer will print from the model file, the design file, leading to a greater precision. Are you surprised that it's taken this long to get to the step? Not really. <laughs> No, there, there is a very traditional mindset. People are slow to change. If something works, why fix it? it? Seems to be the prevalent approach. However, I think COVID has, has turbocharged the adoption of technology in a lot of areas. And that, and that is affecting the construction industry now positively mm. also. So did COVID uh, give people like yourself and people that are involved in the company, Paul, that opportunity to think outside the box uh, and ultimately come up with uh, what you have come up with now? Very much. I think we, we're just getting on with things and uh, COVID gave us a pause for thought. We started having conversations that we weren't having. We took a step back and a wider view of the industry of our work and of how things can be done better. And Paul, you decided to relocate from Manchester where you have been based for, for quite a while. Yes, I had, I had been working in Manchester since 2004 and doing work in Ireland and England, but living in the, in the middle of the city, COVID struck and... I always had an ambition to move back to Ireland, be closer to home and family, and it was a perfect opportunity. Everything had moved online. There was less need to be attending regular site visits. And has, has, that, has that stayed the same, Paul? The, way, the, the, the workings of maybe not having to travel and not having to be in, in certain places uh, all the time? Yes, I, I think it took a while for live projects and contractors to adopt to the, the, the model of a remote 
meetings. We we were we had projects on in London, and rather than travel there on a weekly basis, we were able to have one particular project we decided to have a 15 minute meeting every single morning go through what the contractor was going to do for that day and that turned out to be an incredibly efficient way of working it avoided the travel it gave us more time to focus on the work and deliver on what was being discussed in those meetings and it gave the contractor an opportunity to ask questions in real time as they faced any challenges on the site tell me Paul what's your view of the construction industry in the UK and maybe in Ireland as well at the minute. I think it's it's very similar. It's going through a lot of change. There there is similar needs in terms of housing generally, uh, social housing, student accommodation is a very big issue across both countries. Um, in Ireland, the need for accommodation for Ukrainians is particularly acute. I think the Irish response to that crisis is admirable. There's a lot of refugees here. I think the it's led to a bit of a more open-minded approach by the the planning authorities and the board planala to actually looking at sites for development. Paul, tell me, is there a person uh, in business that you admire most? I suppose I was heavily influenced by my father. Growing up, he he was uh, a director at Unify for many years and during that time he was heavily involved in the Rotary Club um, IMI IBEC he was fundamental in the founding of the, the Lettercaddy Credit Union um, through that time he worked closely with John Hume who was also working <coughs> in the credit union movement um, John Hume someone else I think I, I have a lot of admiration for he did a lot of good in his community and also the peace process um, outside of that I think Michael O'Leary I think is very impressive how he looked at an industry saw the opportunity to introduce efficiencies and he has revolutionised air travel I think it's, uh, Ireland should be proud of what he is doing and as you are back now in the North West what's your view of the local economy? I think Letterkenny's changed uh, and coming back and forth you really do notice that over the years year on year you you see it it is growing rapidly it now has a university which used to be the technical college it's probably coming close to becoming a city Uh, the population is ever expanding but with that comes a need to improve local infrastructure bigger demand for housing and I, th- I think it's it's a good thing I, th- I think I'm very proud of the town I'm from I, I can see it, it is going from strength to strength it's not without its challenges it's, it's 25 years since you left uh, f- for your third level studies um, is there one standout change that you noticed in that period? I think just the, the overall expansion of the town I, I Back then, there was one or two nightclubs. There was a few pubs. We didn't have a, a Marks and Spencers, a McDonald's, a TK Maxx. There's more schools. When uh, when I was growing up, we had Skull Column Kill with St. Unions, and now my nieces and nephews are going to Gale Skulls. I think 
the town is, is flourishing. And and if you had followed your t- childhood dream job, Paul, uh, what would you be doing now? Architecture was always uh, sort of my, my dream job, I would say. Um, I have enjoyed the experience of working in a number of large practices and some very interesting buildings around the world. And yeah, Any one come to mind in particular? Back in the... Not long after university, myself and Richard were working together at a practice in Manchester called Broadway Malion. And we worked on a project on the Liverpool waterfront called Man Island. As part of that, we were tasked with setting up a Liverpool office. Now, this was at a very young age, and uh, we learned a lot of lessons there. That was an incredible experience. We were working with a very high-level design team on a very high-profile project, and really colour teeth I think in the industry and the fact that yourself and Richard are, are sort of back together uh, with the same company on a totally different project uh, I'm sure that's satisfying as well oh it is all, all the way through our careers we've, we've worked together and moved apart and came together through through various practices and various projects and we always had the longer term plan of working together and now were involved in a very exciting opportunity. And Paul, finally, what does the future hold for yourself and your business as we head into 2023? I think we have an opportunity to enact some positive change in the industry and, and, and we hope more people will follow. And we are, we have started training programs um, at our R&D facilities which is in Drogheda and Accrington and both are government backed and they're free to attend and we believe we are influencing the newer generation and attracting new people into the construction industry it's a very accessible technology for example someone in a wheelchair can operate this equipment on site and Hopefully we, we will be successful in our endeavour. Paul Kelly, Director with Harcourt Technologies, thanks for taking the time to talk to us on Business Matters. Thank you, Karen. Well, that's it for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guest, Paul Kelly. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound. And thanks to you for listening. And if you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at com. Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers, starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie.